We're back. And for the first time in the history of Nothing to Say, the fans podcast, Jason and I well and truly have nothing to say. What's up, Jason? Well, not a whole lot. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> the world of sports uh, the past couple of days has been a pretty big dud. So here we go, I guess. Guys, you are lucky we're bringing this to you because we have been scraping the bottom of the barrel to get you guys good content for this episode and this is what we got yeah yeah so uh this show is going to be a combination of winging it sports entertainment life it's going to be uh the definition of variety i can promise you that and before you switch off now don't worry the only A's I got on any presentation were when I winged it. <laughs> Me and Jason work best when we're improvising. Um, I got A's on all my presentations because I enjoy public speaking. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think you and I can uh, can wing a show for a little bit. We'll see how this works. We'll um, see. But you know this, what? This is a big test for our viewers. Yeah, I know. This is gonna be a, this is gonna be a real test of uh, Sam and I's. I guess podcast skills and we'll see if we can keep you guys uh intention for the next hour or so but we'll start off with what we normally start off with which is uh Sam it's the end of the week man how was your week it's good I'm mixed signals because I still have work coming up the next two days so it's not really the end of my week mm. um my week's like way different than normal people's week so I just feel like a freak why is that you know, because a normal week goes Monday through. First off, do you think the first day of the week is Sunday or Monday? Monday. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, it, I don't know why the calendar put it as Sunday. I don't know why people say, oh, Sunday's the first day of the week. That doesn't make any sense. It's part of the weekend. Yeah. I, I mean, I get what it says on the calendar, but if that's what – I mean, I guess, I guess from a technical standpoint on a calendar – yeah, it's the beginning of the week, but I think it's pretty widely accepted that Monday is the beginning of the week, so I don't know why we try to sell Sunday as the beginning of the week. But whatever, I guess, because, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though, because schedules do that, and I, for the life of me, I don't understand. Right. I actually missed, I came in a day late to, uh, like, four hours uh, late to work once, because I, I didn't realize that they had, uh, not not in my current job, but at my old job, I just was like, I like the one of the very first times I looked at the schedule, um, it didn't even occur to me that they were making the schedule that way because because um, I've had three jobs and the first job that I had did a Monday through Sunday calendar, so that was my first exposure to a work calendar. And then at my second job, I just assumed, which was a dumb assumption, obviously, but there was one day where I was like, "Oh yeah, it just starts," you know, the beginning of the week is Monday, and why well, I ended up showing a couple hours. Uh, late, so I just I ended up working late. It wasn't a big deal, but I was like, "Oops, yeah." And I looked at the schedule and went, "Well, I'll be damned." They started on a Sunday. Okay, my last work didn't do that. Point taken. Not happening again. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it did. I mean, it wasn't a big deal. I like I said, I just ended up working late, but I'm sure it was a huge deal. Um, just to just to be sure, you're not currently working at that job anymore. No, I'm not. That's probably why. Maybe, maybe. God, I hated that place. <laughs> um, <clears throat> you can't say their name because we might get them as a sponsor. 
True. Just picture a big bullseye on a building, and that should uh, give you a good. Uh... I didn't name drop, but uh... <laughs> I think they they got bullseye trademarked though. God, God, I hope not. <laughs> um, no, but so like, when is your? So you work? Do you always work the weekend? So like, technically, my weekend is Wednesday and Thursday, hmm. which is super weird to get it behind. Yeah, that is a bit odd. Yeah, that's like right in the that is that's right in the middle of the week. That's kind of weird. Super, it's super confusing. Everyone's like, "Oh, I'm, I'm so happy for the weekend." Like, uh, I work twenty hours in just the two days of the weekend. So, <laughs> do you work early or late? So I work at uh, twelve to ten. Twelve to ten. What a shift! So if you're coming to the Noodles and Company in <laughs> Springfield, any time you come while we're open, I'm probably there. and you were like super busy today too right oh my goodness the the poor people that decided to eat lunch at our (laughs) restaurant i'm sorry from the bottom of my heart i'm sorry we did not show out today (laughs) i thought nobody lived in eugene bro i don't know everyone's coming back to move out or something there's like Two months left of the summer vacation. Two months? Why, why are people here? Well, two months? When do you go back to school? First first day of school is October 1st. What the heck? Isn't that weird? October. When is... Okay. Okay, so... We're going to go down this rabbit hole real quick. So, if that's okay. your first day, what's your last day? Oh, gosh. Um, I know that. I know you may not know that off the top of your head, but it can't be like. Uh, it's probably of... like mid. It's mid June. So you start in October and you're out in June? Like mid June. I think that's how it was last year. That's still kind of crazy, though. Because I, I start this month and I'm out in May. Yeah. So I'm there longer than you. Oh, that's that's about the only thing that's longer about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, that was Sam's claim to fame, by the way. In high school, he could always take something uh, something seemingly mundane and and turn it sexual. So that was uh, as, that's, as that's my claim to fame, dude. I your girlfriend. Oh God, your is gr- that what people know me for? <laughs> dude, that your girlfriend. I've heard her. Uh, get annoyed with you for doing that we've all gotten annoyed with you for doing that so so later in the show we're going to be giving advice and i got for all you youngsters out there that are going on your first dates people say you're not supposed to make a self-harm joke on the first date but i did do you want to hear the joke it's pretty funny (laughs) why not it's a it's a uh, it's a nico toomey specialty joke that's when you know it's dark, full of hatred. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, so when you're cutting yourself, oh my god, you go how is it? You go horizontal for attention and vertical for results. Mm-hmm. And I said that joke on the first date with my girlfriend, and we're still together. I guess o- it almost worked. almost two and a half years later. What's that line from Anchorman? 60% of the time, it works every time. 
Oh, it works every time. Oh my gosh. Is if you're going on a date with that, that special someone in your life, just throw that one in there. Yeah, See what don't, happens. don't don't do that. See what happens. <laughs> don't do that. Um so that was uh, that was the first eight minutes of the show, kind of uh, kind of winging it a little bit. So we're gonna try to get a little bit on track, but we're gonna stay well, this a little, gonna be rough. little bit off track. Um, it's gonna be rough. The first thing that I want to talk about is, uh, which probably won't be a, a long conversation, because Sam, I don't think you uh, watched the any part of the Raiders uh, Cardinals preseason game, did you? Why would I? Exactly. So, um, but I did. Um, it was actually uh, it was on while I was at work. So uh, and it happened to uh, start in between a uh, a class that I had just taught and uh, the class that I was going to teach. So I actually do they have um, do they have TVs in the gym? Yeah, they do. They do. Oh, that's that's a good setup. Yeah. And... yeah. This is advice number two for Sam. Get a job with TVs. Get get a job where you get to listen to music all day, wear gym clothes, and have TVs. You get to listen to music? Yeah, they play music during the class. Oh, uh, you don't get to have headphones in? No, 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 no. Oh my gosh. Get get a job where you get to have headphones in. Woo! Be a be a personal trainer. Just do that. Woo! Life life is it really doesn't get much better than that. Um, I told you my, my one goal for my professional career. No. I want a job where I can wear sweatpants to work. I can wear sweatpants to work. Okay. Well, I'm there. All right, cool. <laughs> we'll save you a spot. <laughs> um, the uh, so I ended up watch. I ended up getting a chance to watch the uh, the entire first drive for the Raiders. And the first drive was when uh, was when all the starters came out. And I like I said, I'm not a hundred percent sure uh, how many Raiders fans we have on here. Probably like negative three. Um, but the the Raiders' first drive was uh, was nice for a couple reasons. One week I got to see uh, the running back from Alabama, Josh Jacobs, who had some he was he had some amazing cuts he i think he only had like three um three touches um but they were all positive yards two of them i think each were like seven yard carries one of them looked like it was dead in the water from the start and he had a really nice cut back across from left to right um that was absolutely beautiful um Derek Derek threw twice completed both of his passes the very first throw that he threw was down the left-hand side um for about 30 yards uh it was basically just a jump ball uh, it was a phenomenal catch uh his touchdown throw was a 10 yard uh was about a 10 yard uh, out route uh the receiver made a nice catch and just ran into the end zone the drive was was really really pretty um and uh it just it was nice to I mean I know it's preseason and I know it's not the most important thing in the world but just if that if that was the first that was the very first impressions that fans got to see of uh, of the team this year of a team that got completely overhauled in the off season um and it was a uh, it put it put a smile on my face uh just being able to see them uh move the ball as easily as they did and the one thing that was prevalent that wasn't on the field is uh, Antonio Brown um so but why, Jason? Why? Dude, that's that's the question that I think uh, the entire Raiders organization is asking themselves right now. He's kind of doing his own thing. Um, so the Raiders, uh, and then the Raiders, their starting defense, uh, 
got a nice uh, got a nice first drive stop too. So they looked their their starters looked really nice. Um, like I said, you can be four and zero in the preseason, go zero and sixteen in the regular season. So it really doesn't mean much, but it was nice to um, nice to see the starters out there playing well. Um, so I got to uh, I got to watch my team do pretty well. And right now, uh, Sam, your uh, team, a sport that I really wish I paid more attention to, I but I just don't um, is baseball. So you have the floor with oh, the. Yeah, so you have the floor with the uh, San Francisco Giants. How about them Giants? I don't know. No one, no <laughs> one's talking about in the majors because no one talks about the majors. A team that was worst in the NL West heading into the All Star break is now suddenly second and only three and a half games from the second wild card spot. This, if they go in and make the playoffs, that will be one of the greatest comebacks. In probably sports history. In sports history. We were talking about that. The San Francisco Giants were looked at to be the biggest sellers going into the trade deadline with all their players being rumored to other teams. And all of a sudden, they become buyers at the trade deadline and get a Scooter Jeanette, which fills up a big hole in second base that Joe Panic wasn't really producing offensively and Scooter Jeanette, who was an all-star last season and hit 20 homers in, I think, consecutive years last year and then the year before for the Cincinnati Reds, which is, it's just a big pickup for the Giants to get better offensively. And they have this guy, Jason, mm-hmm. who I don't think you know who he is. Mike Yastrzemski. Does that name ring a bell? Does not. Well, I bet in a couple of years you'll know exactly who this guy is. Left fielder? He is their right fielder. Well, he's, list, he's listed as their left, left fielder. fielder. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Outfield, outfield. Yeah. Whatever. This kid is going off. He just had a three-homer game uh, two, ga- two days ago. He's got 16 on the season. 16 on the season as a rookie. For the San Francisco Giants, who play in the most pitcher-friendly ballpark in the major league. And he's got 16 bombs. And then you got a guy named Brandon Belt, which Giant fan, Giants fans will know really yeah. well. Because he's been talked about to be hitting 40 bombs for the last six years and hasn't hit 20 yet. No, he's at 14 he's, right now. He's all of a sudden catching fire. He just had six R, in a six RBI game yesterday. And when six. he gets hot, six, uh, yeah, six or seven. That's crazy. Right. When he gets hot, in recent years, he stays hot. And he's able to carry that Giants offense in the heart of that lineup. So and they got veterans all over with Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey. And then they have this guy named Madison Bumgarner, who shouldn't even be on the team, but is going to be leading their rotation to hopefully make the playoffs. I, you know what? I actually, I, I thought he got traded recently. Like, like that shows you how little I've been keeping my ear to the ground with uh, the Giants. But the, I knew there were rumors about him uh, getting traded. I, I just thought he did. The reason why I thought he did was because I saw when I was when I was at the gym the other day um, after I was just in the middle of a class. I kind of peeked over the TV and I saw somebody standing on the pitcher's mound. I didn't know what team it was, but from the but just based on his hair and how tall he looked, it looked like Bumgarner. And I was like, oh, man, did he get traded? Um, but that's actually nice to see that he's not there. I'm going to quiz What team you. was it? I, dude, I don't remember. I, I bet you I bet you, bet you were watching the Phillies game, and it was um, 
Aaron Nola. It might have been. It might have been the Phillies game. So similar to Mad Bum because they're just huge guys with long hair. It might have been the Phillies game because I think that was uh, one of the. Well, I don't remember who they were playing, but you you might be right. That actually uh, the Cubs. Yeah, because I was going to say there was a blue. They were playing a team that had a, a blue uniform, which is not specific mm-hmm. specific at all. But um, nope. I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you on your team real quick. Do you know who the uh, you're talking about Brandon Belt and his RBIs? Do you know who's actually leading the team right now in RBIs? In RBIs, um, it's probably Kevin Pillar. Yep. Do you know who's leading the team in hits? Hits mm-hmm. like individual hits. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Um, um, hit and it's is... not even close, by the way. Well, it's got to be either Belt, Pilar, Crawford. <clears throat> okay, you got it. They're the top three. You've just got to pick. Oh, well, it's probably it's Belt is <clears throat> leading in hits. Nope, Kevin is by over um by almost thirty. Okay. Yeah, he's got a hundred and twenty-one. Belt's got ninety-four. Okay. Um, you already, I think you know who's leading in home runs. But we'll, um, it, it's probably you scrimmage now. No, he's or one. It's, he, it's Pablo, maybe? No, it's still Pilar. My gosh. Which, again, was a midseason pickup <clears throat> for the San Francisco Giants. There are only five people on the team right now with more than uh, 10 home runs. Because they're trash. It is. But they're good at the same time. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense when you look at the roster that's playing right now, how much they're outperforming. Read that that stat. Supposed to do. Read that stat that you read me earlier today about their run differential and then their win loss record. Oh. That was one of the mm-hmm. weirdest stats I'd ever heard in my entire life. They had a run, a negative run di- differential of about like 64, but yet their record is. 63 and 62. 63 and yeah, 62. So explain run differentials for the for the just in layman terms for people who don't watch baseball. So run differentials is how many runs you've scored minus how many runs you've given up. So basically dumbed down, the Giants like when they win are winning by one or two and when they lose are losing by four or five. And yet so just that stat alone is weird, but read read the other one based on their run differential, what their record should be. Oh, it should have been uh, their, their projected win-loss record based purely off of run differential is like 57 and 68. And they're what, 63 and 62 right now? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then they actually have a better, they're over 500 on the road and they're under 500 at home, right? Yep. That is just the weirdest – like, putting all of those together, that does not sound like a team who is um, keeping their head above water. It's a weird team. <clears throat> what it is is Jeff Samarja, since the All-Star break, has been a beast. Madison Bumgarner has been a beast. Just this team has gotten all of a sudden healthy, and they've been able to play great team baseball for Bruce Bochy in his last season. Managing the Giants. Did you know that Pablo Sandoval is uh, on a 10-day injury list right now? I did. Yeah. But he was tearing it up. And then 
Not to mention Evan Longoria, who they gave a lot of money to to come over last season, was actually producing really well for this team before he got injured, and now he's back, and he just slots right in. He's third in home runs right now. This team is – the way they're playing, they're scary. They're one of the scariest teams in the NL just purely for the fact that they have Madison Bumgarner in their rotation. If they get into the postseason – Everyone knows what that guy can do. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, I watch more uh, postseason baseball than I do regular season baseball. So you're our resident, uh, I guess, baseball expert on the on. Uh, uh, that's that's offensive to. Well, I put of baseball. Well, quotation marks around it. Um, at least in terms of, you're an expert compared to me because I'm under the dirt somewhere when it comes to uh, my knowledge of baseball. Like I, it's one of those things. Like I understand baseball and I understand the game and I get the planning and everything I just I don't pay attention to the teams and I don't pay attention to the players um, but I understand the game so it's a weird um, and it's weird because I I can sit through and I can watch an entire golf match on TV but I can't watch a baseball game I don't know why um, hey big ups to uh, Justin Thomas for winning the BMW championship today posted a 25 under par which is absolutely insane he he had a sixty one in the third round. What's the what was the par for that course? Was it seventy two? Seventy two. That's insane. The scoring this weekend was unbelievable because uh, Hideki Matsuyama posted a mm-hmm. sixty three in round two, which was the course record, and then Justin Thomas the next round beat it by two strokes. Yeah, there are. Gosh, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, tied for 24th was Webb Simpson, and he was 10 under. So you had 24 people above. Uh, Why? Well, I the guess I was crazy. below 10 under. The after the first round, there was only like four people shooting over par. <laughs> that's nuts. Now, do you for think PGA course? Do you think that says more about the course or about the players? Oh, it's definitely the course. Yeah, I was. Cause... It's certainly the course. They will, they had one they had one hole that people were lighting up. I don't remember which hole it was, but like everyone was driving. It was a par four and it was easily drivable. And everyone was driving it onto the green. There were so many eagles and all the par fives were getting destroyed. Oh my gosh. Justin Thomas didn't even have the best round four. Um No, he didn't. Yeah. But he was six strokes ahead. Um it looks like uh Matsuyama did Mm-hmm. At nine under, um, look at Tony Finau up near four. He's been he's been he's been like right there a couple times recently. He's going to get one eventually, but he's been really close recently. He finished third in this year's Masters, the one that Tiger won. Yeah, and he's always in it. He's just a nice young player that drives the ball a long way. And when his iron game is on, like what it was in the last two rounds of the BMW championships, <laughs> good night. I'll tell you what, one of the coolest looking golfers I've ever seen on a golf course is Tommy Fleetwood. <laughs> that dude, that dude just looks cool when he's playing. That... Talk about a dude that's always in it. Oh yeah, I know. Seriously. Oh my goodness. He always seems to be, I mean, he was tied 11th. He always seems to be. But it stinks because he doesn't seem to win a ton, but he's always there. Like, it just goes to show, like, how hard it is to win a golf tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your, Okay. Who's your favorite golfer on tour right now? Um, my 
favorite golfer? Yeah. <clears throat> That's a tough question. And you know what? You're looking at the names right here on the for the people. I wasn't who... looking at them. Okay, well, I'm looking at them right now. And you got, you know, Justin Thomas is near the top. Tony Finau is near the top. John Rahm, I love John Rahm. Adam Scott, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, um, Xander Shawfield, uh, or however you pronounce his last name. Yeah. Uh, Rory, uh, Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, Webb Simpson, Tiger. You know, you got so many. Phil was uh, tied 48. He was five under. Uh, DeChambeau. Um, you got so many people. Uh, Justin Rose. I, I, like, as I keep going down this list, I keep going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. There are mm-hmm. all these big names um, that I just like. And I, I honestly think for me, I think Brooks is my favorite right now. Um, I just love the way that he plays. And I know you and I had a big, long discussion a couple episodes about uh, Tiger and Brooks. Um, I, I really like Brooks and John Rom, honestly. You know who um, I'm going to start trying in my own game? Because Tony Finau does a like a weird thing. He doesn't like do a full swing ever. Do you notice that? No, I haven't. He like it's like a, almost an 85 percent swing every time. You mean in terms of just, power or length? Length, length in the backswing. He doesn't bring it up like as far as a Brooks or a Dustin does. Mm-hmm. Which is really interesting, which I want to start doing because I think my hips are like getting too fast for my swing when I do a full swing. So I want to try to like get it more in line. And you know what? Um, I heard this conversation a couple, uh, maybe about a month ago um, in terms of, and you and I even had this discussion um, not too long ago about where the game is going once Tiger is, um, once Tiger's gone and who's going to who's going to kind of take the mantle from them from tiger. So tiger's 43 right now. Um, Justin Thomas is 26. Okay. So just going Spieth down is beef is 26, right? Yeah. He's, he's young. John Rahm is 24. Um, uh, Snedeker is, he's not 40 yet. He's in his uh, late thirties, but he's not 40 yet. Um, Tommy Fleetwood is 28. So you've got these, you've got these guys who maybe, maybe aren't necessarily the tiger, the tigers, right. Who just will, well, I mean, it's hard to compare anybody to tiger. Um, but Rory's 30 and I believe, I believe Brooks is, uh, in his twenties as well. Yeah. Brooks is 29. So you have all these guys who are coming up who, yeah, might not be these, um, I think Brooks is right now probably um, the guy who people are, are pointing towards for maybe somebody who could rally off a couple tournament victories. But you have all these guys. This like the field itself is really talented. Which you can make the argument that that's either better or worse for golf. But I honestly think it. I think it's a good thing to have so many people uh, playing this well. It's it's really tough because I, I I'm curious to see, to see what you think of this. If you take the prime Tiger Woods, would he have won as many majors as he did in with this field of golfers? Because I think it's just it's just a lot stronger now. 
the range at which like how many good golfers there are and the scores they're putting up and the driving distances they have like prime tiger wouldn't have even been the leader in driving distance as he was when he was in his prime dominating every tournament well that's like the age-old question with the nba like if you stick you know Michael Jordan in this era would what would he do in this era or you stick LeBron back in uh, you know back in the 70s and 80s what would he do so I don't uh, good players find a way to dominate <clears throat> yeah so I I think that I think Tiger probably would have I think he still would have dominated but it, but maybe maybe the margin of victory wouldn't have been as much yeah he would you think if you think back to when he was doing his thing there was like no one else yeah it wasn't even close at least now you got guys like different guys winning majors and getting that pedigree. Yeah, and which that's is really interesting. And that's something that I've heard a lot in tennis right now with uh, Roger and um, Rafa. Yeah, and and, Joker, and Joker, and it just seems like it's always those three guys. And I heard the argument that right now is the the peak is the has been the best. Like it is the best time in in men's tennis right now because you have. You have these three guys oh who are just arguably who are the you, top three in their sport yeah, ever. Yeah, of of all time, and <laughs> all playing against each other right now, and it's and it begs the question: like, you know, for tennis, tennis has been something that has more recently become something that I've started to pay attention to, um, and it's actually kind of thanks to you. But there was, um, it's weird because you think about you think about the greatest of all time in terms of. Like whoever, whoever you deem the three best players of all time in football are, well, it doesn't uh-huh. matter. It doesn't matter because they don't like, it's hard to compare a quarterback and a wide receiver. You can't really compare Jerry Rice and Tom Brady because they did two completely different things. But in, in basketball, it, it'd be a little bit easier to do. But again, the greatest player of all time is Michael Jordan. And he did not play. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What? Yeah. No, no, it's the it's number twenty three from Cleveland, right? That's the greatest player of all time. Okay, we can, you know what we can save that for another day. But just so you have you have MJ and you have LeBron and then you have you know who whoever else whoever mm-hmm. else they didn't play against each other. But in tennis, you have these oh it's because because it's an individual sport. And just because of the nature of what's going on right now uh, in tennis with these with these three guys, you could argue that in terms of the in terms of like the major sports, and I, maybe maybe tennis isn't a major sport, but you lump in. Oh, it is. Yeah, no, worldwide it is for worldwide, sure. Worldwide, yes, for sure. Uh, but you lump in tennis, soccer, basketball, football, baseball, golf, and whatever else. It'd be hard to argue that there was a. a an era in which you had the greatest talent of all time lumped together at one time. Yeah. And I don't know. I get if what I, you're saying. Yeah, I, I, get, know, I get what you're saying. Yeah, but I don't know if I explained that properly, like, but like you, we've never seen a sport where there was like this many guys that legitimately had claim to they're the best at their sport playing at the same time. Yes. Like with the NBA, you only have one. And with golf, you've only had one. And with football, you've got Brady. But mm-hmm. tennis, you got legitimately three guys that if you asked anyone, you wouldn't be shocked if they said either of the three. Yeah. It's just crazy. 
So, and they're all playing well. They were all in the semifinals of Wimbledon. Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, let's go to – so I'm on – so check this out. So we have the the four, I guess, the four biggest um, matches uh, of the year. Well, not of the year. The four biggest uh, tennis events that happen uh, throughout the, the course of the year. Yeah, is the Australian <laughs> Open. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to – I'm. I got I got so much in front of me uh, right now, but so yeah. so thank you for that. But the Australian Open, the French Open, Wimbledon, and the U.S. Open, right? Yep. So yeah. we'll 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 start with the Australian Open real quick, right? So we'll do the winners from uh, 2004 to 2019. So oh, it's just them. And it's Samarinka, right? It's well, so it's Roger, Marat, Safin in 2005. Roger, Roger, Novak, Rafa, Roger, Novak, 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 Stan, Warinki, Novak. Novak, Roger, Roger, Novak. And in terms of the French Open, it's... Oh, pretty, it's just Nadal. It's just, just, say, just some, yeah, say Nadal. <laughs> it's Nadal from 2005 to 2008, then Roger again, Rafa from 2010 to 2014, Stan Wawrinka in 2015, then Novak and It's, it's Rawinka. It's Stan Rawinka. What did I say, Rawinki? Yeah, you're just defending a world champion God, of tennis yeah i know he's he's trash anyway um no uh, the, poor, and, the poor switz listeners of this yeah, podcast i know um and then wimbledon wimbledon is um from 2003 so fed 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 rafa roger rafa novak roger andy murray novak novak andy roger novak novak and it's the same thing with the u.s open um from 2004, it's Roger, 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 Juan, uh, oh, uh, De Potro. Um, that dude's a mm-hmm. monster, by the way. Um, he's a giant human being. Uh, Rafa, Novak, Andy, Rafa, uh, Marin. God, tennis names are insane. Um, <laughs> Silic. <laughs> Marin Chilic? Yeah, Croatian guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Novak and uh, Stan Warinka. There you go, Rafa Novak. So the point that I'm trying to make is, is like these guys. You, there's this era from about 2004 till right now where it's just these guys, and yeah, you guys, don't have you guys, that. Us Americans out here are like, oh, I'm sick and tired of the Patriots in the Super Bowl. These are four different events every year that these guys are winning or in it. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. And you just, you go down the list and it's just like, yeah, you, you sprinkle in a couple, a couple guys uh, every once in a while, but like uh, Warinka has uh, one. um, He's got three of them. He's got, at least on this list, he's got the the Australian open, the French open and the U S open. And that was largely due to because Novak and Rafa were going through injuries. And Roger, for some strange reason, was like in a weird drought for three years and then snapped out of it and won the Australian. Yeah. And you want to talk about dominance, the French Open and and Nadal. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. So you have in, in... an era when we're talking about Tom Brady being the greatest quarterback of all time, possibly, and you talk about LeBron being the best player of all time. Well, those are one. Those, that's those are just those are two guys. But yet, over in tennis, you've got these three guys who are single-handedly 
going to go down as probably the three greatest male tennis players of all time, and they're all playing at the same time. Like, that, yeah. that just doesn't happen in other sports. Like, Jerry Rice did not play with Tom Brady. I can't the only even... way it would happen is if, say, Kevin didn't get injured and dominated in the finals, where he would be up there in that LeBron and MJ range, I think would be the only way we'd, we kind of would have seen that in basketball. But LeBron's, like, nearing the twilight of his career. Yeah, almost like it's it's too late. And you certain him. And we circle this back around to where we started, which was golf. And mm-hmm. you have all these guys in this field right now who, yeah, I mean, Tiger's dwindling away, but there are all these guys around him who are, you know, are in the prime of their career. And who knows? Maybe, maybe moving forward, one of them rattles off uh, some miraculous streak like like Tiger did. So I honestly think that, yeah, even though Tiger is going to be the one who moves the needle 99% of the time, I do think golf is in a really, really good place right now with the amount of people, well, maybe not the amount of people, but the amount of high caliber names that they have on tour right now. So I'm going to disagree a little bit. I think golf currently isn't in a good spot. The only time when golf is in a good spot is when they have a guy dominating the headlines in a national stage. And that only happens if someone is dominating in consecutive majors. And they just haven't had that over the years, except for Brooks. So if Brooks were to win three in one year or something like that, like that would propel golf. But don't you in get, ratings. But don't you appreciate the competition more? Well, as a dominance? golf as a golf fan, yes. But if you're if you're looking at it in terms of what do you want golf to grow, sports need one image, like one person, to help them grow. And golf needs like one person to dominate headlines. That's where that's where I going back to your original question. They need one person to win the majority of the time. The fact that they're so deep is good for a, a golf fan and it's viewer but it's not good for a conventional fan like a conventional fan is going just to see tiger play they don't care about how deep the golf roster is you know and, and maybe that works in golf but i would argue that that doesn't work in all sports because you look at the we're just talking about golf right and, and i just and but you said that sports needs someone or some team to dominate and i don't necessarily oh, think the nba playoffs was down because lebron was out well, no, but I honestly – because here's the point. What I was going to try to make is that with the Warriors over the past couple of years, it was almost – it was almost like the the regular season almost didn't mean anything because you knew once the Warriors got to the playoffs that they were just going to rattle off probably another championship, and they, di- and they did most of the time. And then you look at this upcoming season with Durant being gone – and Clay being injured, and then all this movement that happened with all this talent. And I think, honestly, now, especially after the offseason that just happened, that that the excitement for the NBA is, I think, higher than it's, that it's been, at least for the regular season, than it has been in a long time. Because right now, so many different pe- – the competition is through the roof, especially the Western Conference. So maybe it's, maybe it's just a golf thing. 
Um, well, but the NBA is on such like it's already in the mainstream. Golf isn't there. True. Tiger would have to take it there, and then because the the way a Tiger Woods helps elevate um, golf is because he gets he gets fans that wouldn't normally watch to watch, and then they grow accustomed to seeing the other people that you're talking about. And then that grows the sport with basketball. You don't need that. Everyone knows all the teams and all the stars anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's already there. Yeah, I guess that's, what I, but to your point, like this season is more interesting than especially last year or the year, the two years ago, the final yeah. meeting between Cleveland and Golden State. Cause that was just, everyone it, guessed it was it, a joke. And, yeah. Yeah. It ended up being a, a ridiculous joke. Um, but but at the same time, when the Warriors were going 73-9, and nine, that was actually really good for the NBA because then you had all these people jumping on that bandwagon of, oh, the Warriors, they're so good. I love basketball. You know? And I think, um, I think the NBA falls victim to that more than the NFL, um, which is, I think, kind of a – I think it's a a yes thing to say and a no thing to say yes because I think because of the unpredictability of the NFL playoffs and the one elimination, like it's just being a single elimination game, I think there's always that that hope that somebody is going to dethrone the Patriots, but yet at the same time the Patriots always seem to be there. So it's it's like I think it's kind of a two-sided coin as to like, yeah, the Patriots always seem to be the ones winning the Super Bowl, but then at the same time you get you get the stories like the Eagles, you know, popping up out of out of nowhere and winning the Super Bowl. And that just doesn't happen in the NBA. Like because it's a seven game series, the best team is going to win. Not like in football when whoever plays the best game that day is gonna win. And doesn't necessarily mean that they were the better team. It just means that they were the better team that day. Well, football fandom's a little weirder because I feel like you have it's it's easier to be a more like a uh, what am I trying to say like a really crazy fan for football because it's only one day a week. For basketball, you can't have that same energy almost every day for the regular season. So just football, like the fact that those games mean so much, is you can enjoy a season no matter how your team's really playing because each game has its own storyline. That doesn't really, that isn't really the same for basketball. That's why when it gets to the playoffs, it gets that crazy, which each, each series has its own story and they like you dive into each game, but mm-hmm. for football, they don't really need that because, or they, they already have it every game of the regular season. And that's why people tune in fandom and, Throughout sports is very different. Yeah, and it's it's for sure. Uh, which and this ended up being and this 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 goes back to literally what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. Like we had not planned on having this conversation, but I honestly think that that was a, a an interesting conversation because I think you're right in the in the fact that the like it's so weird right now thinking about if this was going because you look at tennis and you have those three like we had talked about. Federer, uh, Joker, and um, Rafa, all three of those guys being arguably the the greatest three single tennis players of all time. And then, and tennis is still not generating 
because people appreciate people gravitate towards greatness and right now you could yeah. argue that this is the greatest era of a of a sport that has ever happened well it just doesn't garner the it I don't just know doesn't about garner that, but like well okay fine the greatest collection of it is the single probably the well I'm trying to think of a way to say it. just the sheer <laughs> dominance that these three guys have put on over the past 15 16 years I think it's right. hard to hard to put with another sports era unless you go it, way back to like the Boston Celtics and the Lakers it's incredible that american sports television covers tennis at all cuz there's if you look at the top 50 only John Isner is the only American that's relevant. Yeah, and you know what? That's a good point because since 2004, no American on the man, on the men's side has won the Australian Open, French Open, Wimbledon, or the U.S. Open. Like, if you just take the sh- – like, it's crazy that Novak jo- Djokovic is a household name in America. Yeah. Almost. That just shouldn't. That just shouldn't happen. And that that goes to show like how great tennis is because of the sheer greatness of those three players. Mm-hmm. That it's getting it's getting covered every time a major comes around. It's getting covered in America because people are interested. And you know what we talk about? Um, we talk about the the dominance that that these three guys have had in tennis, but it's also it because you you'd think that. You think there'd be some sort of like warrior and patriots effect, like oh no. god, like it's yeah, it's not. And I think the reason why is because since two thousand and four, none of those guys, not none of them, have won all four Grand Slams tournaments in the same year. Well, and you look at they're all so likable guys. Mm-hmm. Like Roger is in that stage of his career where he's looked at as a Tiger Woods, where every yeah. time. It doesn't matter if you're a fan of his or not. You're rooting for him, just because the fear, the simple fact that he's so old for a tennis player, and he's still playing at such a high yeah, level. Yeah, it's crazy how how well <laughs> he crazy. moves. How well he moves. When um, was his? Do you have his stats? Up? When was his first major? When was his first major? At least on this list, two thousand three. Two thousand three. Which was and we are the, in 2019. His first major was Wimbledon. Actually, what a what a way to start off. He owns he owns grass though. Yeah, he's won Wimbledon one, two, Six three, times? four, five. Good call. No, seven actually, because he won in seven? 2017. Um, but yeah, and Roger's gotten the closest. Roger, at least at one, two, three times, has won three Grand Slam tournaments. But it's never won all four, so it's not like these guys are sweeping every year. Like they're they're interchanging. And isn't it is it? Um, correct me if I'm wrong. Rogers at twenty. Twenty, yeah. And Nadal's at eighteen. Yes. And Djokovic is at sixteen or seventeen. Dude, standing ovation. So these guys are like. We see Tiger is doing the major race with Jack Nicholas, but Jack Nicholas is like a ninety-year-old man. Yeah, these guys are racing each other while they're still playing <laughs> yeah. in their careers. Like, <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, 
It's it's like if Michael Jordan and LeBron were playing against each other right now, trying to win championships. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and it's it's funny because um, just and it's weird. You were you were you hit the nail right on the head when you said fandom across sports is so different um, because you know at least in America right now, tennis is not a huge priority but i mean i'd make the argument that tennis is one of the funner sports to watch um it's it's one of the best places to go to i would love to go to u.s open yeah yeah i would love to go watch a a live tennis match i did and i think i honestly started appreciating tennis more i've only played tennis once i've played it once and i enjoyed the hell out of it and that's when I really started uh, – I played it with you, actually. Remember when we played in Tahoe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like the first time I'd actually really tried to play a game of tennis. And I was like, God, not only is this really fun, but this is really hard. And so every time I watch it now, I just have – even though it's very finite and very minute, at least I have some gauge on what they're doing. Um, they make it look so easy. Yeah. It's it's crazy, and it's just – it's so fun to watch. And like I said, people gravitate towards greatness, and I really wish people would would peek into the tennis world um, a little bit because right now there's an arms race for who the greatest uh, male tennis player of all time uh, is, and they're all playing against each other when's at the, the same uh, time. When's the U.S. Open? When it's is coming the, up, right? Um, yeah, because that's the only – um, that's the only one that hasn't been played this year. Um, yeah, it's the last major. Yeah, it is the last major. Um, it is they go they go Australian, French, Wimbledon, then U.S. It starts um, two weeks from now. It's on. It starts on the twenty sixth. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, and then it ends and the, September eighth. And the U.S. Open is so fun because it's it's like what a week, a week and a half of tennis every day. No days off, and we we talk about the dominance of the of the men's tennis game, but there there is good players throughout. And the one person we haven't even mentioned is we're talking about the men so much is Serena's on the other side, and you want to talk about dominance, just sheer dominance there. Like Serena's she, in the conversation for best tennis player of all time. I think that's why tennis has grown in the United States. She's the biggest reason why, because she's the face of women's tennis and she's an American. Yeah. And she's and a, just, she's a stud. Like she is How many how many majors does she have? Twenty three? Um well, let's take a guess. Because you were um you were right on with um all three of uh all three of the the men. So, what's your guess for Serena? I think it's twenty three. You nailed that, dude. You know your tennis. At least there's something I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, I'm not the baseball expert. I'm the tennis expert. Well, I guess we've established that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It. I and I did not expect to go on a tennis golf rant, but that was fun. I, and I really think that we. I really think that. Uh, if you if you're listening to us and and you don't watch tennis, um, tune into the U.S. Open this month. It's it's really even if you don't necessarily know the names of everybody going on, just if you can sit in for a little bit and watch the game, it's 
it really is fun to watch. I don't know a whole lot about tennis. I don't think it's a very complicated game in the first place. Um, you hit it back and forth. Yeah, it's not. It's not like <laughs> there's strategy really involved in it. But oh, there's definitely strategy. But... Well, it's. I mean, it's not. It's not something like. Um, it's not like in basketball where you can draw up a play. It's. I would say tennis is one of the most reactionary sports out there. Um, it's not like baseball when you have guys shifting and guys yeah. like getting pinch hit for and everything like that's that gets pretty complicated like the double switches and everything oh my gosh yeah like you only really get to plan your serve in tennis and then everything else is just going off of wherever the ball ends up well you know what the crazy thing is so golf does a really good job of this too when with their majors and tennis the coverage of these events by these tv networks is state of the art mm-hmm. it's like yeah. having the super bowl four times a year yeah. and they cover it like it and you know you know what the funny thing is is that i look at the replay in tennis when they have the the line graphic it's like the shadow yeah with the yeah the challenges yeah and it's and it makes me look at all the replay um systems in all other sports and i'm like okay tennis just does it way better than everybody else well i mean tennis has the luxury you don't have to replay like you know that's to challenge fouls or something like that. I know, but it just seems so like they're just like, hey, I want to challenge that. All right, let's look. Nope, it was in. Go. And then that's it. That's all it is. It takes about yeah. six seconds. Um, it's it's very cut and dry, um, which I appreciate because the flow of the game doesn't get interrupted, you know, or the flow of the match. I'm sorry. Well, the tough thing is, too, mm, the games, are they take a long time. Like you may be sitting there for four hours. Yeah, but they, but at least in the beginning stages of the U.S. Open, they do oh, a really quick. Yeah, well, oh, not only quick. not only are they quick, but they do a pretty good job at um, covering a lot of matches. So they bounce back and forth, um, mm-hmm. like they check up on uh, on different matches, and then they'll leave it there um, for a little bit. I, I love watching uh, the major tennis tournaments. It's it's really really fun to watch, um, even people that I that I don't know. Um, and, uh, and then you have, like we were talking about with Roger and Rafa and Nadal, like they are, um, I said Nadal twice, Djokovic. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. They, they are, it is, it is a very unique time in tennis and, um, it's kind of, I think maybe something that golf could have in the future with, you know, these, all these guys, you know, having an arms race for, for a title. And, um, and maybe it's just because, uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know for golf. Maybe. And I, it's not a hundred percent sure. Cause maybe. But well, think about it. You have to wait, you have to wait like 10 years for them to get up enough majors to where we're talking about. Not only are they challenging each other for majors, but they're also challenging the major record for the sport. Like we're talking about, you have to wait ten years for mm. that to happen. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's just, but it's interesting, you know. You look at, you know, and you know, we can kind of wrap up this conversation, but it's, it's just interesting because you have, you have these three guys in tennis. Um, I mean, I think we've said everything that that needs to be said. But it's, what do you think? It's do you think it's harder to win a major golf tournament or a tennis, a major tennis tournament? Probably golf, just because of the technicality of the sport. 
Yeah, I think there's, there's just so many variable, variables that go into golf. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, well, I was going to say, maybe we proved that tennis is easier to win because we've only had like three guys winning the past um, couple. No. But it, yeah, but I was going to say that doesn't really take into account the fact that just how sh- surely brilliant all three of those guys so are. So they play seven matches, six matches? To get to a final? Something like that, yeah. And they're playing against, granted, the like the top 100 players in the world every round. Mm-hmm. Like, well, there's, no, it, there's no easy, easy match. Does it start with a round of 64 normally? Um, no, they start way, way farther. So they have 128? Yeah, I think so. Okay, so you go from 128 to 64 to 32 to 16 to 8 to 4 to 2. So if you make it all the way to the final, that's 7. Whew. So that's a gauntlet. And that's that's in a span of a week and a half, and you're playing every other day. That would be like, can you imagine um, if the NFL playoffs was all 30 teams? All 32 teams? Jeez, I think talk college a, football should do that. Talk about a gauntlet of uh, – can you imagine how, the, how different the – the play like you think the Patriots are going to rattle off um, as many Super Bowls that they had if the entire you're, NFL is. You're going to see some people resting. <laughs> yeah, for sure in the early rounds. Yeah. Um. So this is an interesting. That's that would be an interesting hypothetical. What if the NFL playoffs was a round of 32? How often would a repeat champion um, happen? I don't. I would. Well, I don't think we're going to dive down this rabbit hole, but I don't think it would be that often because there are just so many flukes that can happen in one game just so many injuries yeah that's way too many football games which i think lends to the argument of those three guys in tennis being how just how insanely great they are because you start in a field of you know 128 and it always seems to be these three guys it just shows you how ridiculously good they are how head and shoulders Above everyone else. Yeah, because you put that in any other sport, and that probably doesn't happen. Um, in tennis, you got to beat a guy six games to win a set, and then you have to win three out of five sets. Yeah. Like, you, you have to do the same thing, <laughs> and you need to win five points to win a game. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so not only is the tournament a gauntlet, but the match itself is a gauntlet. Like, you have to be that many points above your opponent to win a game. Yeah. To win a, a match in tennis. Yeah. So, it's it's a, it's a fun sport. And I, um, like we said at the beginning of the show, like, we were kind of going to wing this and see, and see where we went. And I'm glad we ended up here because that was – Yo, we went – Oh, we went. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we went from Giants baseball to, to future of tennis. Yeah, I know, and the future of golf. Um, but I think it was an interesting conversation because I think it's something that legitimately, um, the because you, you we talked about what's next for golf. You know, what's next for tennis when those three guys are gone? So, um, bad stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so. So here's the point in the show that we knew we were inevitably inevitably going to reach. 
um, where we have some options on where we can go because we don't listen up, listen up. Okay. okay, so we can – well, that kind of settles the debate then. But because um, we – like we said at the beginning, we don't have a – we don't have the luxury of having a lot of major uh, – well, not a lot of drama in the sports world that, that generate um, headlines. Um, so with that, with that saying um, – with that being said, um, I've had a listen up that I've been sitting on for a little bit. Um, and I've been waiting to uh, to say uh, to say it on the on the podcast, and um, I guess it's about time that I do it. Um, so we'll go into our. Is this our second? This is our third edition of Listen Up, right? Because I had the first one, you had the the second one, which was phenomenal about the Kings, uh, and now I have one which is um, not really. It doesn't really have anything to do with uh, with a specific sport. It just has to do with. Uh, uh, sports in general. Um, and, uh, Sam has not heard this yet. He I has, have no idea what you're going to say. He has no idea what I'm about to say. And we did that on purpose. Um, so this was, a this is just a blind taste test for Sam, um, on this. So, uh, the, it basically, uh, I wrote it as an article pretty much. Um, but it's something that I've wanted to do for a while. Um, I, I almost thought about turning it into a, a school project uh, as, a, as a speech um, for one of my uh, public speaking classes, but I ended up going a different direction, and I'm, gl- and, uh, and I'm glad I did because I ended up thinking of something else, uh, but I, I turned this sort of into a, a, little, a little article. Um, it's going to take me a couple minutes to get through, but it's not going to be too, too long. It's going to be about four or five minutes, um, and uh, I hope you all enjoy. It's just... Um, it's uh it's just titled sports really it's basically a, a love letter to sports so um hope you guys enjoy in the beginning of it uh it does not sound like it's a sports article but uh stick with me for a second can this, can this be a poem can this be a poem no it does not oh. rhyme it does not rhyme <laughs> <laughs> um and i've uh i've and we'll uh well i'll uh, i'll stop talking about it and i'll just uh, i'll get right into it so, uh, Sam, you ready? You have not heard this. Yeah, I'm ready. All right, here we go. <clears throat> so, uh, here we go. In terms of humanity, there's a difference between what has been created and what has always been present. Something has been created can start from an idea, then slowly or quickly mold itself into reality. But regardless, it's made from something or someone. What has always been present are emotions, joy, curiosity, anger, fear, love, to name a few. And often gets stated that love is the most important thing we have in the world. And that can take many shapes. Love of a hobby. Love of food. You know, I, I, I love sushi. Love of nature. I love being outside, uh, you know, in nature. In tr- I, personally, for me, I like being around uh, in the woods. Uh, love of each other. Now, I do not believe that love is the single most important thing there is in the world. I believe it is the single most important thing that has always been present with humanity. It's the single most important um, emotion that we have. If you don't believe in love, then, you know, why are you living? I don't want anyone to think that I'm about to go into some massive political rant about how we should all love each other. Because first of all, we're not a political show. We never have been and we never will be. And secondly, truthfully, we can't all love each other. That's unrealistic. Some people just don't get along. So most of you are probably asking yourself, why are you bringing this all up? What is it even about? Well, it's about sports. Like I mentioned, in terms of humanity, emotions have always been present, love being the most important. 
But what has not always been present and what has been created over time, molded, cared for, and loved is sports. The very first Olympic Games were conducted in 776 B.C. and then introduced sports including wrestling, chariot races, human races, jumping, disc and javelin throwing, to name a few. The first baseball field was made by Alexander Cartwright in 1845. His baseball club, get ready for this, Sam, the New York Knickerbocker Baseball Club, created, nice. right, <laughs> created modern rules that were put into existence for the sport. Basketball rules were made in 1892. Before iron rims were used, they actually used peach baskets, which were used to shoot soccer balls into by players to earn points. And they didn't cut out the bottom of the peach basket, so in order to get the ball, they had to stop the game, dump the basket, and keep going. American football started in 1879 with rules created by Walter Camp, who was a player and a coach at Yale. And even in the beginning stages of golf, which we talked about a lot uh, on this podcast, you was used in the 15th century in Scotland. So I think it goes without saying that we've come a long, long way when it comes to sports. And the majority of those stats or all those stats came from uh, Foxco.com. So what do sports and love have to do with one another? It's actually everything. Yes, I've highlighted that love um, is the most important emotion that we have and will remain and that will remain the focus. But let's congregate all the emotions for a second, because sports is every emotion wrapped into one you have fear which is fear of failure or fear of losing curiosity being curious about wanting to try a new sport or meeting to or meeting new teammates anger anger from losing or anger from failure hatred hatred of losing joy joy from winning and success and love which is love of a sport love of the game love of your teammates love of your country and love of the jersey that you have on your back whether you're a player or a fan and i'll tell you what at every point at every point I mean, every single person at one point or another has been a fan. So here's my argument. Sports is the single greatest thing that has ever been created by humans, and it's not even close. Why? Because it brings people together in a way that nothing else can. Do you know what the most watched TV event in history is? It was, Sam, do you know what it is? Um, the most watched global wait, TV wait. event. Global TV event. Mm-hmm. Um. Is it in recent years? Uh, it's within the last um, 12 years. 12 years. My God. Which is kind um, of... The 2007 Super Bowl. It is actually the 2008 opening ceremony for the Beijing Summer Olympics. So get oh, this. Oh, that kind of stings. Right? So, so get this, though. At one moment... An estimated 2 billion people tuned in to watch the ceremony at one time. At that point in 2008, there were 6.7 billion people on the planet, which means that during one time, around 30% of the entire planet collectively came together to watch the opening ceremony of the world's biggest sporting event. Now, you could counter me and say, well, the opening ceremony isn't the actual sporting event. Fine. 4.7 billion viewers or 70% of the world's population in 2008 tuned in to watch the games at one point or another. And that's ridiculous. The most, the fourth most watched TV event in history was the 2008 FIFA World Cup, which was Italy versus France. And the eighth most watched TV event in history 
was a cricket match, believe it or not, between India and Pakistan. So you have right there, you have, including the opening ceremonies, four events which revolve around sports that add up to the te- that are in the top 10 for most watched uh, events in world history. And to add on to that, the most watched TV broadcast in U.S. history was Super Bowl 49. And the top five TV broadcasts of all time in the U.S. were all Super Bowl, were all Super Bowl games. All what five. was 49? 49, that was the Patriots and the Seahawks. Okay. Yep. So we love sports. Like as a society, we love sports, period. It's one of the only things that could bring complete strangers together, rooting intensely for the same thing. Like think about it. You could have never met a person, and if you two root for the same sports team – you now have hours of conversation to have and are connected by this team. I still have people from high school who I know who are Raiders fans who I never talk to. And yet when the season rolls around, if they post something on social media, I'm immediately talking to them about the team or the, or the game. Literally just yesterday, my seventh grade coach from Cooley sent me a picture of him with Josh Jacobs and Antonio Brown. And why? Because he's a Raider fan and I'm a Raider fan. I barely talk to my teacher. I'm, I still am good friends with him, but he sent me a picture about the Raiders. So there's actually a guy at the gym I work at that I found out he was a Kings fan. And I swear, the first time we met, we talked about the Kings for 25 minutes in the upcoming season. I had never, never talked to him before. And as soon as I saw him wearing the Kings hat, we just talked for 25, like 25 minutes. Train- That's why we're friends. Yeah, that's how you and I got started as friends. Yeah, was through sports. Trey Wingo, the host of multiple ESPN and NFL Network events, uh, he hosts the show uh, Golik and Wingo, literally said this a couple weeks ago. This is a quote from him when he was talking about the very first uh, preseason week of the NFL and why, um, why football is so important uh, in this country. And he said, it rem- this is a quote from him, it reminds us all what a communal experience a full slate of games are. Like one of the best things on about a Sunday full of NFL games is that you feel like you're having a convert a conversation with 20 million people. So thank you, Trey, for helping me. But we also love sports for the stories. One of the best stories I had heard in a while literally came from the first uh, preseason week of uh, this NFL season. Sam, have you heard of a guy named I don't even know how to pronounce his name? It was the dude on the Giants. I mean, the dude on the Browns. The um, she he. Gipsy, do you remember his name? No. So this guy spent, and this is <laughs> oh, he's the guy that scored the punt return, right? Yes. So this is coming from okay. this is coming from Yahoo Sports. So this guy spent his last two hundred dollars on training services and didn't have a place to stay. So he spent two nights sleeping outside a gym before the workout. When the day came, when the day came, he had to lie to even get onto the field. He pretended to know the Browns' vice president of player personnel, Alonzo Highsmith. But it was worth it because he ran a 4.3840 yard dash, which actually impressed Highsmith enough to get invited to Northeast Ohio for an official tryout. One thing led to another. The dude ended up returning a punt for a touchdown in the Browns' first preseason game. And Odell, get, this dude also didn't have cleats before the game. Odell had to give him his cleats before the game. You didn't even cover it so that. He started at a community college, correct? I believe so, yeah. And then he tried to transfer to a four-year, but he didn't get any offers. Mm -hmm. So he trained himself to get ready for the NFL draft. Yeah. In the NFL. So 
you get stories like that, but my all-time favorite sports story revolves around the Iowa Hawkeyes Children Hospital wave. And it's sto- and so what it is is that the Iowa State Hawkeyes, um, their football facility is right next to, like in the same parking lot of a children's hospital. And the children's hospital is so tall that it actually looks over into the football stadium. And before every single home game, the entire stadium turns around and waves at the kids in the hospital. And it's, has, that has, it literally has nothing to do with sports, but it revolves around sports. Just, just that wave to the kids up in the hospital, just, just to put a smile on their face. Like that is, what, that is what sports is about. And you don't hear stories like that anywhere else. And stories like that can be found littered all over the world of sports. And I won't continue uh, to explain the heartwarming natures of stuff like this. Um, but I know somewhere along the line, you've had to have heard a sports story that's touched your heart. And that was the point I'm trying to make. Sports has an effect on people that nothing can rep- replicate. 99% of us are not professional athletes. Yes, yet when it comes to a game, a lot of us don't say our team. We say we as if we're a part of that team. We do that because we invest our time, our money, our energy, and every emotion possible into the team we support. We love our team. And you yeah, know what? All the people that say we are wrong. Whatever. I, you're whatever. <laughs> we love our teams. And you know what? That's a good thing because sports is all about two things, love and learning. And in a world that is so overrun with political conflicts, unspeakable crimes, war, the thing that can be and will always be the best distraction from it all is sports. And it is the single greatest thing that we have on this planet right now that has been created. Love will continue to be the, the best thing that we, that we have in terms of stuff that we want to achieve. Like you, finding someone that you love should be the ultimate goal. But it's not even close in terms of things that have been created, things that we have made as a society. And sports we created – and sports, in my opinion, is the best thing that we have ever created on this planet. And it's not even close. And that's my listen up. Good job. Good yeah. job. Thanks. That was um, – and I truly believe that. I really do think that, you know, the – in terms of the most, the literally the most important thing that we have in the world is definitely finding someone to, to spend the rest of your life with. But in terms of what we have made, it's sports. And it's because it can do so, it can be so much more than just the actual game itself. If, if you're going off of something and not someone, the most important something in my life has probably been sports. Because you know that's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this podcast. Yeah, simple. Yeah, you you need to find uh, the you need to find that someone, and then you need to find that something. And for a lot of us, uh, I believe that sports. So, that was my listen up. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, let me hey, know how if there's so many people that love sports, why aren't they listening to this podcast? You'd think, right? Do they oh. not know what good stuff is? <laughs> this is the best sports podcast on Apple. Like, it's not even close. It's not even an argument. No, no, we are leaps and bounds ahead of any ESPN podcast. We're the best. No, we don't uh, even have a studio. Nope, nope. That just shows you 
can't, I can't even, I can't even continue to fake this anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was my listen up. Um, and we have a few more minutes. Um, we're actually, I think we should bump the best advice thing because I think that could, uh, that could take, um, that could actually take a good amount of time. So we'll save that for the next podcast. But, um, we had an interesting, uh, entertainment question, uh, that I wanted to ask you, Sam, uh, if you could hang out and this is a rapid transition, uh, uh this is a rapid transition, but this is just a kind of closing, um, the show with a little bit of entertainment. There's one celebrity that you could spend a day with. No, spend spend a weekend with. A weekend? A weekend. Who would you be spending it with? Oof. Um, it'd probably be a weekend? Yes. It's tough because I want to hang out with a cool dude, but the cool dudes that are coming to my mind would make me do stuff that I don't want to do. You know, like jump out of planes or something. <laughs> That's really tough. I think I would hang out with, oof, I think I'd hang out with Chris Evans. Chris Evans? Yeah. Why? Well, I was thinking Hemsworth, but he's got a family, and I don't really want to hang out with his family, you know? So Evans is is single, and he's just, does that dude ever look like he's having a bad time? He's always laughing and smiling, and that's what I want to do. I just want to hang out. Makes sense. I can't. Uh, I can't really argue with that pick. I can tell you who I thought you were going to pick, as I voice crack all over this podcast. But I can. Um, um who? What role? Or what movie did they appear in? He plays the same role in every single movie. He's in about a billion movies, especially recently. But he plays the same role in every movie. Is it The Rock? Yeah. Oof. Oh no! Is it's John Cena? I would want to. I would want to hang out with John Cena. Oh, so you're it, you're rapidly no switching. What. You're rapidly switching. Could you imagine working out with John Cena? What about Chris Evans? That's Captain America. It it would be good because I think we would be closer in weight. You know, like we wouldn't have to move so much plates off the. <laughs> off the, the bar because John because <laughs> John would just John do it. But John Cena is just a cool dude. That is a cool dude. He's my he's like one of my heroes too because I grew up with the whole WWE thing. And I think yeah he, yeah it's fake I know but whatever. <laughs> I think he's done the most. Um, uh, make a wish. Make a wish stuff. I think he's got the record. Um, so yeah, he's a cool dude. Dwayne would be cool too. Mm-hmm. I thought that's where you were gonna go. Dwayne would be cool. Uh-huh. There's a bunch of cool guys in Hollywood. There are. There are. Mine, my dude doesn't even uh, reside in Hollywood, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and uh, I and for the exact same reason that you said you wouldn't want to hang out with certain people because they would make you do certain things. That's actually, oh, is it Bear Grylls? Yes. That is the exact oh. reason. <laughs> that is the exact reason why I would want to spend a weekend with Bear Grylls. And fun fact, Bear is not actually his real name. I would choke him out if he tried to make me jump off a rock or <laughs> eat a bug. See, Sam and I are very different with our personalities. I, I, If somebody came up to me tomorrow and said – well, obviously not a random person. But if, if like somebody that I knew or a friend of mine came up to me and said, hey, man, we're going skydiving tomorrow from 40,000 feet. I'd be like, 
I'm there. Or if somebody uh, brought me up on a, on a cliff that was like 50 foot jump and they said, yeah, it's a safe jump. There aren't any rocks. Um, we already depth checked everything. Uh, jumped. Like, okay, cool. I'm jumping. I love stuff like that. Sam, on the other hand, Sam doesn't like roller coasters. Sam doesn't, you're not really a, a water park guy either, right? Not a fan. Yeah. See, so Sam and I um, are completely different, which is why uh, when I auditioned for the Amazing Race one day, uh, you're not coming with me. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're just a fake friend, dude. I can't take you on the Amazing Race because that show at times revolves around height stuff. Everything else I think you and I would do really well on, but it's but if you yeah, – Whatever, man. You're just fake. It, hey, wh- okay, so but don't mean this because you can change my opinion on this. We're racing for a million dollars. If somebody brought you up to 40,000 feet and chucked you out of a helicopter with a parachute, are you going to do it for a million dollars on that show? Wait, is there – am I jumping with, like, another dude? Well, yeah. You'd have an instructor with you, obviously, but uh, – you, Yeah. You'd have to skydive. Yeah, I'd have to. And then there was, there was also – I think one of the, cha- one of the, uh, the challenges that got people um, scared the most was they were up on, like, a – I don't know, like a 200-story building, and they had to run, jump off the building. They were harnessed, but they had to jump out far enough to grab a clue. Mm-hmm. So if you're telling me right now that you can that you would be able to muster up the uh the bravery to do it, then you and I can go. But hey, I, all I'm saying I'm is a bit when I had when I thought of the idea to make a podcast, only one name went to my mind. And that's why you're here. Hey, you know what? And I appreciate that. I really do. But there's a big difference between making a podcast and jumping off of a 200-story building. You're right. This is a bigger leap of faith. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't – I'm I'm trying to be a good friend because I don't hey, want to – whatever, you, man. Well, here, listen listen for a sec because I don't want to hey, put you – if you don't believe in me, it's fine. I don't want to put you in a situation where you say, I can't do it, and then you have to look at me and go, I'm sorry I couldn't do it. Because I know if the roles were reversed and I was in that situation where I literally just couldn't do something, I don't think I could live that down. I don't think I could turn around and look at you and say, this is my fault that we're leaving. You're going to make me cry. Well, I'm serious. <laughs> like, so I'm, I'm actually, even though it seems like a slight, I am watch, looking out for you because I well, know. You know what? Good friends make their friends grow. Don't don't be an enabler, Jason. <laughs> I did make you jump off a, a cliff at a river, though. Yeah, I did do that. Yeah, I did make you do that. At least I didn't fall off a cliff. Oh, yeah, James. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, oh. Mr. Jones. Oh, my gosh. Well, not really, but um, we had a buddy who uh, came on a camping trip with us, and, God, he had the worst camping trip of all time. Yeah, I felt so bad for him. We We went mountain biking. And I have been mountain biking for 13, 14 years. Sam is not a – Sam is a novice. James is a novice. And Sam gave uh, our buddy James, uh, like, his second bike. And during the middle of the, the ride, James's brakes broke. His tires started to, to pop, and he damn near almost Whoa. fell off the mountain. When did the, when did the tires start to pop? There were, no, there was something wrong with his tires. I know the gears broke, and something happened with his tires because there were two the, things. The handlebars broke. Yeah, but I think that was part of the brakes as well. It was the bike sent from hell, pretty much. It was terrible. And then, 
he when that same cliff that I told that I said I made Sam jump off of um, my little sister jumped off it by the way. Um, he uh, James. Why, got, why are you just gonna Why are you just gonna undermine me like that? I don't know because I can. Yo, Love, it was a big cliff. Love you, bro. Um, and, <laughs> and uh, James goes up to jump off of it and just completely slips. I mean, well, you okay, can't. What was he I doing? can't. He was like looking over the side to see no, how he, far it is. No, he he, ste- he stepped out to jump. Like he pushed off, and his foot just gave out from underneath him. And he went from being vertical to sideways. And I thought I was going to watch my friend crack his head on a rock on the way down. It, Thank it God. Was one of the, it was one of the jumps that, like, you had to jump in a certain area because it was, like, surrounded by kind of shallow rocks. Yeah. So, like, we depth check everything. And that, was, that would, actually was on a river that I had been to, like, a thousand times. So I knew the area, but I still depth checked everything. So I knew that where he was going to land – once I saw him fall, he was going to be fine once he hit the water. But it was on the way down that I thought he was going to hit something um, because because of how violently he slipped. Um, and he just popped back up and kind of looked at us and started laughing. And then meanwhile, Sam and I are like having a heart attack because we thought we just watched we were going to watch our friend crack his head open and float down the river. Um well, listening to your dad describe it was pretty funny because he was he was farther back. Yeah, I could see like the whole thing. Yeah, and then not only that, but then that same trip, uh, James got sick and ended up like vomiting for an entire night. Um, so it was a it was a rough trip for James. It's all Jen Chili's fault. Hey, don't blame my mom's chili. Nobody well, else got sick. Well, look at the facts. He ate the chili. So did you and I. And then he got sick. So did everybody else. Nobody <laughs> else got sick. He was barfing outside the tent in the middle of the night. And I think me and Jason woke up because we were in the same tent. We were like, James, you okay? He's like, no. <laughs> and I just went back to sleep. <laughs> well, yeah, we checked on him. But then it was like, well, there's really nothing we can do, dude. And then, and then we took him home the next day. Yeah, and then we did. We ended up just kicking a, like where he had thrown up. We ended up just making like a pile of dirt over the top of it. it. Was like just don't step on that dirt right there. But there was still vomit underneath it. So, what a fun way to end the show. Yeah, have fun with that image in your head, <laughs> knuckleheads. Yeah. Oh man, and uh, one thing that we forgot to do at the very uh, beginning, which I always try to take care of at the beginning. I know that Sam does as well as we didn't thank you guys for uh, listening to the show. We actually crossed over a hundred listens uh, after our last episode. And I believe we're in the one twenties pushing one thirty. Um, really? Which is, which is way more than we thought we were going to get. And like I said, in the last episode, it's, you know, comparatively small to uh, virtually every other podcast in the world, but whatever, we're enjoying it. And uh, everybody who's listening to it right now is giving us nothing but positive feedback. And, um, it's been really fun, uh, keeping this going. And we, we really hope that, uh, that we've been, we've enjoyed you guys throughout the, uh, throughout the, the podcast so far. And thanks for sticking with us. Um, special, special shout out to one of our biggest fans, uh, miss Sally Bragg, Sam's grandma. <laughs> You're the best Gaga. Thanks for listening. And thanks for, she called me 
and talked about our uh, our first episode when we were talking about the contract stuff. Legend. She called me and talked to me about it. Legend. Like, out of the blue. That's awesome. Yeah. And we're still pushing our five-star uh, rating on, on uh, Apple right now. Um, so that's awesome. And, uh, you know, for an episode that really uh, we went into it legitimately having nothing to say, uh, we ended up filling our filling the time. So we hope you guys uh, enjoyed the uh, sporadic nature of this episode. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we will be back sometime in the uh, upcoming, well, sometime uh, in the middle of uh, this upcoming week. And then at the uh, end of next week as well. So we uh, hope you guys have a uh, fantastic, well, we hope you had a fantastic weekend. And, uh, again, thanks for listening and thanks for sticking around. So, And if, if you guys have any anything you want us to talk about for other shows, comment down below on Apple Podcast and just let us know. And we'll be sure to talk about it because we'll have many shows like this where we don't have a lot of stuff. Yeah, especially with the, the football season not uh, not being started yet and the NBA season not being started yet. So if you got any suggestions, send it our way, and uh, we will do everything we can to uh, put it in the show. So thanks again. We are Nothing to Say the Fans podcast, and uh, by the time this goes up, it'll be Monday. So everybody uh, have a phenomenal week. Happy Monday. <laughs> <laughs>